Hey guys, welcome back to the Catch Up Time podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa McDonald, and if you're new here, welcome, welcome. If you listened before, I'm so glad you found your way back here today. My hope is that you find this conversation uplifting and that it puts a pep in your step as you go about your day. On this show, we'll shine the spotlight on real people just like you and me. You'll get to listen in on real conversations amongst friends as we explore an array of topics and take the discussion in any direction we choose. Along the way, we'll uncover truths and life lessons that we can all relate to and apply in our own lives. Knowing that we're not alone is incredibly powerful, and hearing how others have pivoted and adapted is inspirational. Join me each week as we discover new possibilities to grow, to be better, to be more productive, and to live happier, more fulfilling lives. Check out my Instagram and follow me at ketchup underscore time, like the condiment and the herb. (laughs) And be sure to hit subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast, where you'll find some brightness and positivity to light up your day. All right, let's get started. On today's show, we're hanging out with a very special guest, my Aunt Rona. We cover the three Bs, which is babies, boobies, and baking, among many other things. This episode is even more special because it's number 18, which is in Judaism a very lucky number. Even more special is that I'm recording this the Monday after Passover 2021. It's the second year in a row that my mom's side of the family hasn't gotten together for the biggest holiday of our year, which is Passover. Most families consider Christmas or Thanksgiving to be the biggest celebration of the year, but in our family, there is no doubt that it's Passover hands down. It's like the funnest weekend ever, just like a big family reunion. We cook, we drink lots of sangria, we play card games, we eat, we watch the kids play, we eat and we drink and we cook and we eat and drink some more. Did I mention we like to eat and cook? <laughs> Last year, our plans for Passover were canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And this year, in 2021, our plans were canceled before they were even made. But next year, in the land of Jerusalem, as it is said, until then, this conversation will have to do. So, about my Aunt Rona. She has a true love of life for food, family, and all things delicious. When we were little kids, I remember being told that she was dropped in a bucket of oil because everything just slides right off of her. Now, mind you, in my little kid mind, I literally thought for years that she was dropped in a bucket of oil. And I have always thought to myself, why do they have a bucket of oil in the delivery room? Like seriously, but I digress. She is somebody I've looked up to and admired for as long as I can remember. Through all of life's challenges, she keeps going, keeps living, keeps loving, and believes wholeheartedly that things will get better. And they always do. In this chat, we talk about her food businesses, from running a gourmet bakery out of her house where she produced and delivered gourmet desserts to a dozen restaurants, to eventually owning a quaint little restaurant called Times Square with her husband, Steve. We talk about babies and the importance of family and how wonderful it'll be when we can all get together again. So let's get to it, shall we? Please enjoy this conversation about food, family, babies, and much, much more. Hi, honey. Hi. Don't you want to like open, don't you have music, like opening music? I do, but I add that in later in the post-editing phase. This is just the recording phase. There's, there's, okay. yeah, I'll add the music in. So when people are listening to this, they'll be hearing music. It'll be lovely. It'll really set the ambiance for the entire episode. Okay. Your hair and makeup look wonderful. Thank you. I, um, it's This just, is um, my thing. Don't come into my meeting. <laughs> Is that Stevie? You tell him I said hello. 
But really, really, welcome to the Catch Up Time podcast. Um, Thanks, Alyssa. I I know it's hard to to be serious when it's like family, when it's you. It's just like, it's just a normal conversation. That'll be all it is. But I think people will enjoy um, our silliness and the conversation always leads to something very enlightening, at least for me. I've always enjoyed our talks. So, you know, you've had a lot of really good experiences and some, you know, words of wisdom to share. So we'll, we'll dive into it. But welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. We've been wanting <laughs> this for a while. So you are sitting, um, I see your porch in the backyard there. You're, are you gardening right now or is it still too cold? No, it's still too cold. We, um, I probably won't stop planting till sometime in May. I've had my lessons along the way um, when I've planted earlier than I should officially for my time zone. And, um, you know, you just kind of think, well, I'm just going to get a, a good head start and um, God always interferes and, and saps a little cold spell and kills all your plants that you bought. So exactly. I've learned yep. my lesson and um, I will probably plant like the beginning of May and that's mm-hmm. when I'll stop buying flowers and stuff. This year we actually put um, a greenhouse together, a very um, somewhat, I think, effective greenhouse because really? I had, yeah, I have. So this is a good story. So um, years and years and years ago, when Ashley was still living at home, we uh, we always planted together flowers in the garden and vegetables. And we just, you know, Scott helped too. And um, it, it was just a really nice adventure. And then at some point, um, Scott was in school and Ashley were and I were just out shopping for plants. And so we went to our local Brock's and um, bought a couple things to ordinary plants. And then we see the mother of all gorgeousness and it's a passion flower vine and it's oh, tropical yeah. looking. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And this son of a bitch is $50. And I just look at her and I said, there is just no way I'm buying a $50 plant dash. I mean, it was, you know, 10 inches, 12 inches, something like that. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I am not buying a $50 plant. Well, sure enough, a couple of days later, I have it home and we're like, you know, dividing it up. And, uh, and I gave away a bunch of cuttings for it. So this plant has grandchildren out and about. In wow. The so you would. It survived. I'm surprised that passion fruit survives in New Jersey. It does. It really, really does. However, it survives because I bring it in for the winter. But it's the in pots, a pot? It's in okay. a pot, yeah. And the pots are really heavy. They're big. It's a big plant at this point. And the pots get really heavy. So this year I said, you know what? I have tomato plants. I have um, lots of herbs. And I don't want to bring everything in because then, you know, you bring in bugs and ants. And I didn't want that in the kitchen or in the house. So I said, let's take a, let's put together an inexpensive greenhouse. And so we did that. And I think the plants actually survived. I'm looking outside now to see what they look like. And through the winter, I've gone outside and um, picked off herbs and, you know, plants wouldn't survive weather here in the winter, but in this little greenhouse it did. So I think it was a good investment and, um, in another couple weeks, and six weeks or so, I'll go outside and I'll take them out and, you know, have them out again. So, yeah, that's my passion flower story. So, um, I guess I bought them, that plant, for yeah, $50. Yeah, you ended up buying it. I did. But listen, but we got a you lot still of, have it. I did. Yeah. We do. And I got a lot of really good, um, you know, years out of it. And it's a gorgeous little plant. So, there you go. Why have I never seen this plant? I've never seen it at your house. Or maybe I just haven't noticed it. Um, Probably never noticed it, but I will take a picture and send it to you. And um, when I see you one day, God willing, soon, 
I will hopefully have a cutting for you so you can enjoy the beauty of this plant. So you want to know what's funny about passion fruit? One of our neighbors down the street has a, a passion fruit tree and it literally drapes over his fence, mm -hmm. the flowers. Is it like a so tropical you, looking flower? It's, it's like purpley uh, with like these fake. little like, and it, yeah. it doesn't even look real. And, right, mm -hmm. it looks absolutely yep. like a plastic fake flower. It's that gorgeous. It's gorgeous and it's so, so fragrant. So when we, we have walked by there and I'm like, oh my God, what is this plant? So the guy was outside, one of our neighbors was outside that day. Um, or one of the days that we had been walking by and I asked him like, what is that? He said, it's passion fruit. I was like, but he said, I guess that it's not pollen. It has to be pollinated for it to actually produce fruit. Gotcha. Um, and I guess we're not getting the correct bees or whatever pollination in this area. So it's never produced actual like passion fruit, but the flowers, I'm like, oh, I don't care about the passion fruit. Those flowers are on the other hand, beautiful. It's gorgeous. Got them draped, like you can imagine draped over like the edge of his, um, over the edge of his fence. Yeah, it is gorgeous. It's really pretty. Yeah. So that's interesting with your greenhouse then, with it being this cold out, you are able to maintain a warm enough temperature to to have the herbs and tomatoes survive? No, so just the, the, just herbs, the herbs. The herbs survive enough. It's not bushy and leafy and lush, but it's there's enough that I can take a cutting or two here and there when I want it. So, and they survive through to yeah, the spring inside, when you can actually. Yeah, because it really is hot and it's humid out there. I'm just looking out there right now. It becomes yeah. humid enough. And so the tomato plants do, um, are not giving me any tomatoes. But my point of doing it was that hopefully the tomato plant would survive that it would be one less tomato plant for me to purchase, you know, the next season. So hopefully if, and this is the first time I've ever done that, hopefully I'll be able to do it. The other thing I did, um, Ashley and I went to a bunch of different um, farm markets in Chicago last season, and we bought garlic chives, which is so, so delicious. And oh. garlic chives are just simply a garlic clove that you push down roots, the root ends of the, the, the clove, not the pointy side, I just push mm -hmm. it down into the soil and it shoots. It, it actually brings up a plant and hopefully we'll have garlic chives. So those are in the greenhouse also. So you can just eat simply the tops of them before yes. they actually bloom into the gar into the garlic. Yeah, what okay. comes up, you know, from the garlic shoot on the bottom. And they're really tasty. I mean, they just you just kind of cut a bit off of the plant and then give it a stir fry. I think you can make garlic oh, yeah. pesto, garlic chive pesto which I've never done, Everything. but it sounds really good. But the garlic chives itself, it's a nice little crunch and it's just got a mild garlic flavor. It's really very nice. That is really nice. Yeah. We have two regular chive plants and I freaking love them. I literally, every single day, I'm like asking for more. I think we might need to buy a third one because I'm going through it so much. Uh-huh. I think chives are like, chive between chives and mint you have to be careful because they'll take over your garden no they're not in the garden bed they were at first and just because we didn't really have much in there last year but and also i was in charge and i didn't know what i was doing now that it's under mark's <laughs> control i mean that thing is thriving i should send you a video i did an update yesterday um, I'd love to see it. And he, it's, it's quite something. He has bok choy out there. We have a tomato plant that Neat. survived through the winter. It was from last okay. year. And this thing is just blown up. It has yellow tomatoes. And um, Ollie will just go over and like pick off a little cherry tomato and like pop it in his mouth. And 
I love it. It's just like candy. I'm like, well, I mean, they really are. They, they are delicious. They're yeah, they're delicious. Sweet. They're so sweet. I mean, there really is something to be said for homegrown. They are far superior in taste to anything you buy in the supermarket. I think people just don't know that, but it's they're superb. Well, especially yeah. the tomatoes. That's really the only thing that we've gotten off of our, like in our garden that we've been able, other than herbs, I guess, other than, um, yeah, we've had herbs and then the tomatoes. Um, and we have stuff now coming like for the next few weeks, we could probably start picking. We have like snap peas and green beans that are growing. We just got a cabbage. Actually, now that I'm saying it, we've gotten more than I am giving myself or him credit for. It's all him. I don't do any of it. Like it's literally <laughs> when it was under my well, control. Well, that's the beauty of husband. Yes. That's great. Yes. That's awesome. And he likes it and he enjoys it. It's something, you know, it's, it's nice for him to get outside and be out there. And it's nice for Ollie to be involved in that because it's like, yeah. you know, you, you're getting from your earth and that's, that's a nice thing. Yes. 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 Good. Most certainly. Um, when I was driving in the car this morning to drop him off, I was like thinking about all the things that we're going to talk about. And I'm trying to think of like a tagline and <laughs> we've already started hitting on some of them, but it's, Babies, bubbies, and babka. So <laughs> we hit on the, the babies, three bees. The three bees, yeah. But I mean, you have, I mean, so Ashley is my cousin. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned, I will in the beginning, of course, that you're my aunt, you're my mom's sister. Um, you and her are only a year apart? We are a year and six days apart. And yes, ma'am. Bubby wasn't wasting any time. Um, so Bubby had two children, Stewie and Sheila, my older brother and sister, as you are well aware. <laughs> and uh, and then Bubby couldn't get pregnant for a lot of years. And um, she tried and tried and, you know, just couldn't do it. And then um, I think my dad was, he was in the army and I think he, it was like on a, a, a trip home or whatever you want to call those. Um, on leave or, or something and uh, came home and bing bang and there you go. Bubby had, um, Bubby got pregnant and I, you know, there you go. Bubby got pregnant and Rona was born. And then <laughs> I guess she just thought, well, I want another one. You know, I can't waste any time. And, you know, who knows the next time he's going to be home. So the next time he was home was uh, a short three months into my life. And uh, there you go. She got pregnant again with your mom. And then there there she was. So she had a nine and 10 year old and two babies. It was such a gap in between you. Yeah, and nine Leslie. years, me and Leslie in nine years. Nine yep. years apart. And so, and then you and my mom were only like a year apart. That's crazy. I can't uh -huh. imagine. A year and six days. No. I know. I, I can't imagine either. I mean, Hayden and Ash were uh, two years and two months and that, is difficult, mm -hmm. you know, having babies two years apart. I remember, and I talk about this with Ashley now all the time because it's hard. Her kids are, Hank is two and a half and Max is six months. So it's really, really similar. And I used to say when Hayden and Ash were babies, um, come six o'clock, I just say to myself, I just have to get through the next hour. I just have to get through the next hour and then they'll go to sleep and I'll just, I'll have a little bit of peace. And then I just remember all of a sudden I started thinking to myself, wow, I haven't said that in a really long time. So it got easier. Right. I didn't think that it would, but it does. It really, really does. But you know, those babies, they're, they're killers, but they're just, they're so worth it. And yeah. you know, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm sorry I always said this and I'm sure I've said it to you that I didn't have many more, but you know, at this point, there's nothing I could do about it. So I have this conversation with Ashley all the time and um, she's, she's on 
page Rona. Let's let's have lots of babies. So hopefully, God willing, that that comes to be. Is she even? I mean, she, she's in the thick of it right now. I mean, she's really in the thick of it right now. But even in the thick of it, and when she's having her hardest moments, and she just looks at me like I just I can't do another thing. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm done. I'm cooked. But I know I want more. Mm-hmm. I think I I. I think I'm going to have more. I know I'm going to have more. So even when she's like, you know, really, really struggling to take that next, you know, get that next meal on the table or still continue with that next report she has to do for work or, you know, go grocery shopping, even when she's struggling through all of that and she's exhausted and it's, you know, it's like a righteous exhaustion. She just is aware. Yeah, I, I it's hard. I know. But yeah, I need more of this. You need more stuff. of this. Just the more the merrier. I mean, I, I do too. And hundred percent. Yeah, I do. And like Ollie will be, you know, he's, he's like two and a half now. So I know it's like in the back of my mind and you know, we're getting older, obviously it's like to start over would be very hard. So I don't know. He thinks he's the boss. He's the one Marcus telling me like, you know, not yet, not yet. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. You think you're the boss. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah. Oh, actually. little Ollie. Yeah. Don't don't wait too too long. Yeah, that's 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 as much um, bullying as I'm gonna give to you. No, I'm sure. Maybe, we'll maybe off the mic, I'll give you more. <laughs> <laughs> you and my mother both. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, yes, ma'am. It's it's coming. It'll happen. Just not quite yet. Not quite yet. With the new okay. business, it's hard. It's like hard to think about. Like, have to, of course it you is. You know, but when when is a good time? And that's what we keep coming back to. Like, there's not ever a good time. There isn't, and you think that you know you you can't do it all. You can't have it all, but you can have a a good part of it, and you can you know raise children and have a business. And it's hard and it's difficult, but you know you can't backtrack time. So if you don't start thinking about you know expanding your family now and more time goes by and then it gets easier and you know ollie's really easy because he's older and then that thought of bringing it you know like that that really difficult work of the infant is a little daunting so um yeah my advice to you is don't don't wait too much longer go go get get moving get moving get to work i'm gonna i'm gonna have mark listen to this and put an emphasis i'm gonna be like listen to minute number what were you on 19 (laughs) (laughs) really really focus take notes (laughs) i mean you know i just i've said it a hundred million times a listen my biggest mistake in life i've made a couple here and there along the way but my biggest biggest mistake in life is not having more children and you know i'm very fortunate that um you know, I have a, a good social life around me. I have wonderful women. Steve and I are terrific. But my kids, are they're the ones who make me laugh. They're the ones who make me, like, you know, giggle. And, you know, that that's where I get, you know, most of the joy in my life. So, there you no, go. I think that it's important. I mean, it's important to have all those things surrounding you, too. But when it comes down to it, like, your kids, you know, I know. I, I can't imagine, like, you know, getting to a point where, of course, you're at where, like, you and Ashley are a, jet, a, a plane trip away. You know what I mean? Like Ollie is in the next room and I miss him sometimes. Like, how is that possible that then eventually they grow up and get big? And it's hard to even like imagine that and like picture him as an adult. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. And it's even harder mothering that adult. Right. That's even more difficult because here you have an adult that is bright 
and well-versed and manages really well and has a terrific handle on what she's doing. And yet I still feel like I'm in charge, but I'm not. And I can't be in charge and I have to back off a little bit. And that could be like difficult too. So it's a, um, it's a learning experience for everybody as, as especially when your children have children, when your children have it children. becomes right. You, they're still your children. They'll always be your child and you'll always be the mother, but you have to take a step back and, um, let them go off and, and, and do their own thing yeah. and, and learn how to be, you know, a mommy too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's easier said than done. It must be challenging though. I know that it's very challenging and I am not personally good with holding back what I say. I, um, I tend to, you know, it depends on the situation, but I tend to talk a lot and, and not think always about what I'm saying. And there are times that I say things that I probably shouldn't say, but you know, I'm fortunate enough that I have, I think a really good relationship and, so I can say almost anything that I want to say, but it's tough and, and you really have to, um, you have to kind of know your place. Yeah. Some of my friends go by the show up and shut up, um, you know, point of, of being with your kids. I personally don't. I mean, I couldn't do that. I think if I wanted to, I don't think your mom could do that either. No, no I don't but, think so. Um, yeah, yeah, you kind of have to know your relationships, I guess. And, well, um, I'm sure if you like insult, I mean, it, it's also, you know, an interesting topic then to like talk about with the in-law, you know what I mean? Or with being like now the mother-in-law to somebody who isn't your child and like, you know, not stepping on so many toes in that regard. I mean, again, a good enough, Mark, my mom has a good enough relationship with Mark. You know, like she says things to him as if, as if he was Josh and her own son. And Mark is at the point, I mean, he's been in our family for now almost, it'll be 14 or 15 years. Like he knows my mom enough to just roll his eyes and be like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. But you know, it's hard with like in-laws and relationships like that. Do you and Danny have, a, I mean, I know that you and Danny have a great relationship. I love that video you sent was hysterical. You sent me this video and you're like, what did he say? It was like, I was recording him. He was, him and Ashley were sitting and just talking and chatting and Hank was right in front of them playing with a um, spaceship. Yes. And so he started just, you know, playing with the spaceship and Danny started like getting involved with it and Hank shoot him off and Danny, I mean, Danny's really, really funny. <laughs> and uh, Danny's one of the few in my life that can make me giggle with just like a, with nothing, almost nothing coming out of his mouth and he can make me giggle. And he just said, and Hank shoot him away and he just said, all right, I'll, you know, I'm just gonna stand by and I'm gonna watch and all right, I'll pick up the pieces when I need to. But uh, I started recording him and he said to me, are you recording me? And I'm, of course I'm recording you. It's obvious that I am. And I just said, no, and he just said, well, you know, you do have to um, advise me by law. You have to tell me if you're recording yes. me. So, so it is yeah. applicable by law. If, uh, if you're, I guess, recording somebody without their consent, that's like, I don't know, felony. I'm like, okay. So that's why I have to ask that's, you. That's pretty serious. I don't know. I'm making that up. It's very, it's, you know, I just have to have it on record that I asked that I'm recording you, but he did get very serious. On, and then he said something that was funny. Cause he was like, I've had this happen to me before. And I'm thinking, Danny, have you been on a show before? Or like, where, where have you been I'm, recording? Yeah, <laughs> I can't, I don't think he's had that before. I think he kind of gave that out for comic relief. It was good though. But I'll have to ask Ashley. We'll have to ask. Yeah, I'll have to ask Ashley if, 
he actually was ever recorded without his permission. I can't imagine he has oh been. Um, but no, Danny and I have a really, really good relationship. And as a matter of fact, our relationship is such that it's gotten to the point where I think he can say things to me that he probably wouldn't say to his mother. Really? And yeah, yeah. It's that comfortable of earth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's the way Steve and I are. We just, you know, we just welcome, we just welcome into our life. And if I can't, if I can't be like that, if I couldn't be like that with Danny eventually at some point, there was, it, I think it would have been very difficult for Ashley to have maintained that relationship with him and gotten as serious as she did. Because if, if I can't be myself and just, you know, say and do, like I said before, like as free as I am, it would be very difficult. And um, so we all just, we all just, we just are us and we're just together. And, you know, we just, we're just together and we're, we have a wonderful time. And this is kind of interesting where Danny came into the family, you know, his, his parents are a little bit more formal than us for sure. And um, they're lovely people, but when they sit down and have dinner, you know, everybody would have their own plate and their own silverware and um, napkins, of course. And, you know, so, I think I know where so that was going. One, so one day when Danny was in, um, was in, and he was already dating Ashley for quite some time, I put down like one plate in front of, it was like a community plate. I don't even remember what it was. And, um, and he just did as everybody else did. We just started eating off this one plate. I don't remember what it was. Oh it was obviously not something you really needed a fork for. It was like more snacky, like you know? Yeah, or or, sna or nachos, or you know, I don't know. And he just I, felt I don't know what it was. Comfortable with you, totally yeah. comfortable yeah. with us, absolutely, a hundred percent. So, if she couldn't have that kind of relationship with somebody, it would have been very, very difficult as a family to accept a new member into our a house like that. Well, I think that's just but, you hit it on the head. That's just you, you're not just marrying the spouse, right? You're marrying their family, and like if you can't 100%. be yourself with all of those people, it's going to be very, it's going to be a struggle. You can't like change who you are, yeah. and I'm going to still be me. So right, but right. I was laughing because right. I remember you telling me. Yes, it was years and years ago. I don't know where did the community napkin come from. You had one napkin that you all shared at the table. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't gonna bring that. I was up. sorry. I, was I had to leave that out. So I, um, I don't know where that started because I, I didn't grow up in a house where we had a community towel or a community napkin. <laughs> but at some point, Alyssa, I don't. I don't know, and I, I'm not sure that I want this to be broadcast to the world. But. Um, Oftentimes, there's just there's a towel on the kitchen table when we have dinner or lunch, and we all just partake of using it. And that might sound really nasty, not in the least. but it's a family. It's just like it works. It works for us. And I can't imagine other families not having something strange or funny. I mean, it's a little odd, but like it's super cute. It's so it's odd. But I'm actually, um, so Ashley doesn't do that when she has dinner with her family, but I'm trying to start a grassroots movement where she, <laughs> um, you know, continues the tradition of family. Oh my God. Well, you know, each family has their own special traditions and you know, this is just, just might be yours. <laughs> I'm sure that I can't imagine anybody else in the world would do something no, like no, we'll that. Have to ask. Yes, we'll put a post it's out. Ours. But you, I mean, no, don't. no, 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 I won't. And 
we might have to edit this part out. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We'll see. But um, <laughs> do I get like final position permission over like what content goes into this video yeah. and this yeah. this podcast? Yeah, you have full yeah you're saying that now, but I really don't. No, you do. You have full. Oh, really? So, you know, if you don't, aren't comfortable, I can remove it. But it's funny. I think it's I think it's funny, and it's unique <laughs> and it's different. I think that what's really funny is that you are a gourmet chef. Let's be very clear. Like you are a gourmet chef, and still you call what you put down on your table for dinner slop. Let's like elaborate on that because um, let's, you are, you're a chef. You went to culinary school. You are a tr classically trained chef who had her own restaurant <laughs> and like runs her own food business. Like give yourself some credit. And I just think it's the funniest thing that when you say, I don't know, I just put some slop on the table and have at it. You know, it's like you make these Well, I guess, things. you know, I know, but so when I first got married, I, I had um, subscriptions to all the food magazines. I mean, I have years yeah. and years of Bon Appetit and Gourmet and Savoie, if I'm saying that correctly, and books galore. I mean, I have so many cookbooks. And so I, I used all of those resources and I cooked a lot and I, I made wonderful food for my family. But then, you know, life takes over and having a restaurant and having, you know, uh, a side business and having children and, you know, uh, you have a lot in your life going on. And so, uh, you know, the cooking after 30 years of doing that, it kind of like falls a little bit by the wayside. And so I don't make meals that are as grandiose as they once were previously. And so if I have to get a quick dinner on the table for Steve or for Scott, um, you know, I'll throw something together quickly. And so my idea of just like stir frying something or just cooking something real quick and like putting it out in my mind, it's slop, but to a lot of people, it's still a really tasty dish. And mm -hmm. yeah, and that's, and that's, I guess the beauty of cooking because, you know, you still, if I'm not making an elaborate meal that has, you know, how many different components of it, but if all of my flavors are there and it's all in the same, it all comes together from the same place mm -hmm. without mushing stuff together, right. then it, it's going to taste good and it's going to be really good. But I've gotten called out. You know, Scott has said to me, yeah, you're just not trying anymore. <laughs> and, um, and then I like go back Stop. and like, all right, I'll try harder. I'll I'll make I'll make things that are more to your but liking. It isn't, and then but here's the thing: it's not like you're just throwing things in the microwave. I can't imagine and just like no, like you know steaming a bag all. of you know frozen peas and calling it no. Like you're still putting fresh ingredients. No, in you still and sauces. Absolutely, and, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If you looked in my refrigerator, you'd see more condiments and homemade condiments and sauces and you know things that that most probably most people probably don't have. But those are my best dinners you know my dinners that I just I we call them clean out my fridge that's what Steve calls mm -hmm. them clean out my fridge dinners because I'm taking a little of this and a little of that and throwing it together and if you ask me to make it again I'll never be able to, to duplicate uh, it again yep, I do the same but thing. yeah and those are your those are your best best meals because they're just they're easy and they're lovingly made and they're just they're delicious yep, yep. So you have like a little don't ask me what they are well but. that's just it I, I wouldn't be able to re to replicate it a second time but i do that too it's like i don't know what did i put in there usually when i'm cooking i'm just like throwing things and i don't remember what i put in it's not really I'm, right. i don't really follow a recipe and i i, I because you're on autopilot yes 
yeah. But it's because of years of like, I mean, I, I, it's funny, the food memories I have of like cooking with you guys when we were younger, like, I think that's why I am so interested in, and have always been so interested in food and, and cooking and having food as a career. I mean, I'm not in the kitchen as a cook in the kitchen, but like I'm selling catering and things like that and in hotels and restaurants. And, you know, you and Steve had a had a, a, your own food business. You had a restaurant back in, when did you guys open that restaurant? Um, oh goodness, I'd have to do a little more thinking. Um, just as the recession hit, it was yeah, about 13, 14, 15 years ago. So 2005, 2006, something like that. How long did you have the restaurant open for? So we only had the restaurant about two years and it was uh, called Times Square, T-H-Y-M-E Square. Um, love that name. And um, we had a gorgeous logo made and um, I loved everything about the restaurant. We really did put it together from scratch. Tiled, gorgeous old tiled floors and ta beautiful tables with copper edging. And um, we, we partnered with a chef um, his food was absolutely brilliant and it was it was like moan worthy when when we ate his food uh, when we started the process of buying the restaurant we could walk down the streets in Red Bank New Jersey and you had to keep your arms tucked in because it, it was so crowded and it was so busy and then um, we opened and about six months later the recession hit and at that point shortly thereafter uh, you know you could walk down this little town with your arms stretched out so, you know, we took a beating on that. And so the restaurant, we sold it after two and a half years and, um, and walked away, you know, walked away. And so, you know, it was an interesting venture. We, we got a lot out of it, met some wonderful, wonderful people, ate incredibly good food. And, you know, it's one of those stories. Um, oh, yeah, the restaurant. That's right. I remember that part of my life. <laughs> um, and it was terrific in a lot of ways. But, you know, what did we know about opening a restaurant? We knew nothing and kind of went into this a little bit more blindly than we should have and learned a lot of things along the way. And um, if you ask me again, would I do it again? That's, uh, that, that would be a hard question to do. What I probably should have done at that point was taking my baking business um, and took and do something with that and launch that more so. At the time I was baking for 12 or 13 restaurants. I had a couple people in the house working for me and um, we used to deliver and um, you know source all the ingredients and bake and deliver every week. And um, that was a, a terrific thriving business. And we um, cut that a bit to do the restaurant. And in hindsight, we probably should have done the reverse. We should have continued on with the baking and, um, you know, not have done the restaurant. But, you know, you, you do things in life and you learn lessons along the way. And, you know, we did get a lot of great things out of it. So am I sorry? Um, it, it's hard to say. But I'm still baking. I bake for one of the original restaurants that I um, that I started selling to, and so I still sell to them. And so, you know, what is this? It's going on like 20 years that I'm still doing it for them. So I'm really proud of that. That's amazing. And that's yeah, yeah, and it's a good little you know side gig. So 
that's um, it's it's easy enough to maintain it, and we're able to live our lives without it interfering too much. So I still enjoy doing that. Well, and the fact is, you were doing a side gig before it was like fashionable. Now side gigs are like all the rage. People are like looking right. for side businesses and side hustles. Right. Like you were doing it 20 years ago when it really wasn't fashionable. So you're right. really ahead right. of your time. Yeah, and you know, and I guess the fact that you know I'm still doing it 20 years—that's a really, really long time. And um, at this point in my life, you know. Steve and I are like thinking about retirement and it's like it's on the horizon and it's going to be really difficult for me to to walk away from this because I, I'm going to have a hard time saying I'm done I can't do this for you anymore and I keep waiting for the restaurant to call and say you know okay Ron it's been a great run but you know adios yeah. and they're not doing that and I'm not you know saying no so um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but you know, it's just that, like, it goes back to the cooking and just using good food and good ingredients. And that's really all it is. They're not super difficult, ex you know, extreme recipes. They're just basic, good recipes and good food. That's it. You've built this relationship with this, like, you know, one restaurant and you've obviously had your, your three, actually, you have three that you're working with still. Yeah. From, wow. Yeah. And one of them is from the beginning, you're saying. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the same ownership and he's just, you know, grown his little empire. So I kind of grow along with him. That's amazing, though. Yeah. And you're just basically so you still just explain to everybody listening. You you bake and deliver all of the bake. I mean, you do like I know you do like that chocolate tower. Do you still do that with the mousse? No, I don't do that. That was one of my original things. That's a really good. Um, that's a good recipe. It was. I'll give you the recipe for that. That's something that you should really like build upon. And well, that's just it. We we had talked about doing something down like here in Florida, similar to what you were doing, and. You know, we started the food room back in, it was like 2014, 2015, when we did the farmer's market, Mark and I, and that was just like a small little cottage food operation. We sold it like farmer's markets and um, we did like, it was like anything baked. So basically it couldn't be anything that needed to be refrigerated is what I mean. Like it had to be like, it was granola, spice yeah. mixes, cookies, brownies, muffins, things like that. We did it for a few months and let me explain. This is like not an easy side business, right? Like you, this was like a whole business on top of your already full-time job. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot of work. But um, at this point, we kind of have it nailed down yeah. that we just, we just, we, it's like a, a well-choreographed ballet. Yeah. You just know what you're doing. You get it done. And, uh, you know, we work a couple hours a week and make one delivery. And that's uh, that seems to work for now. But you know, you can get it as so that's how much time. That's how much yeah. time we put in now. But at the time mm -hmm. when you know I was baking for twelve restaurants, I mean I was working like fourteen hour days. That was really, really tough. Um, it was it was hard physical tough work. But yeah. in hindsight, um, first I was real I'm really proud of it. Um, and Again, in hindsight, we really should have launched that further and taken that. But you know what? Any new business is is hard and it's a lot of work. But you get the rewards of it, you know, because people love what you're making them. And, you know, I actually had somebody call me who had the desserts at a restaurant. She knew me from a gym that we both attended. And she said, oh, my God, I can't believe I was able to get in touch with you. 
can I buy a couple for a birthday? And so that that happens too. And that's just nice, that's you know. Super nice. Yeah, you just you kind of become known for what you do well and people source you out. And that's fun too. And that is fun. And I mean it, yeah. it, it's never too late like you say that you know you're nearing retirement but you're you've got a lot of years left to live and a lot of energy and life still in you. So like why not just you can be done with your, you know, day job for real you know your real life job whatever and you know pursue this i mean the fact is though you said you said before that you went into this with not really knowing like stevie was a business owner he had his own pharmacies like he's a pharmacist but owned his own pharmacy so he's he's a businessman he'd been you know entrepreneurial himself and so when you say going into the restaurant blindly i mean i think it was just bad timing i think it was bad timing it was yeah world. it was terribly bad timing in the world and that's really i think the whole downfall of it because we had you know we had what we thought was a winning formula we had a, a terrifically exciting town we had a brilliant chef mm -hmm. who put out food that was just extraordinarily good but um, unfortunately the recession hit and people just couldn't afford to go out to eat. And so, um, you know, we saw the writing on the wall and we got out when we had to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Steve is, Steve is bright and, um, you know, he, he did manage businesses well. He, and he did a really good job with this one. So I think the, um, you know, and I don't want to say failure because it wasn't a failure, but the closing of the restaurant was something that we just had to do. It was out of our control. I mean, I like I really, truly, though, like wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Like maybe that's all it was. It was just bad timing. It was just bad timing. Yeah. And that's OK, because, you know, you got to you have to look, look back on these things and say, um, it was an experience, yes. you know, and there's so many things that we've done in our life that are like experiences that you just kind of say, we tried it and good for us that we tried it. And in the end, it's only money, you know, so we're fortunate enough that we both, you know, um, earn good salaries now that we've recovered from it. And so, um, it's okay. Yeah, well, you live and you learn. So now, I yeah. mean, you're, are you thinking about retiring soon? Or, I mean, you, you're um, right now we're, selling. We're probably a couple of years away from it. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that I we think about. I'd love to be able to think about, you know, maybe moving part of the time to Ashley. You know, I have mm -hmm. to think about where Scott's going to wind up. But I want to be closer to her. So we'll see. You know, yes. we'll see where the future takes us. But. You know, we've we've done a lot of really good things in our lives and interesting things and good fun stories. So I want to um, hear I, I have one story I want to hear when you when you tell it. It just it's just the best story. When you guys went to France, wasn't it the oh second God. time? Yes. I mean, the first time was brilliant. Amazing. But I think it was just you and Steve that went. Well, we went we went for a birthday celebration, you know, five days, just Steve and I. And it was just it was amazing. And I have this just a love affair with Paris and you know I've always wanted to live there and and just cook there and go to the markets and and that's been my life's dream so I just said one day okay that's it we're gonna go and so I and this was pre-internet mm -hmm, and yeah. no pre Airbnb situation no Airbnb <laughs> situation no internet no um no cell phones. We didn't even have cell phones back then. Talking about the good olden days. And so I looked in the New York Times for a house in France that we can 
rent and we found one. And so we rented a house in France for a month in Provence. And I packed up my six-year-old, my 10-year, no, six, 12 and 14-year-old. And we got on a plane and we packed up, you know, like, you know, five huge suitcases because we were going for a month. And so Rona said in her wiseness, all right, so Steve has to go back to work. So we'll stay there two weeks with Steve and get me settled. And Steve will go back to work and then he'll come back after two weeks and we'll all stay for another, you know, couple days a week, whatever. And then, um, and then he'll, we'll all come home together. So the plan was for me to be there by myself for about two weeks and with, uh, three, Steve kids. To, with three kids <laughs> and Steve to go home and uh, he was coming back to get us. So we go ahead and we rent this house sight unseen. Maybe we saw a photograph of it. And I mean, truth is it was a charming little cottage, but it was, it, it didn't have electricity. Number okay. one. Okay, Number so one. Like, what was I thinking? It had a generator that had to be recharged weekly. And I didn't speak French. And how did I, how did I even think I'd be able to handle something like that with, you know, three young kids? And so even with a capable husband, we weren't able to do something like that. So we go into this house and it's this charming stone cottage with this wooden, you know, wooden doors and it's, it's, it's wonderful. If I was old enough and more mature enough and had adult kids and maybe another family with me, um, you know, it would have been a different story, but you know, here we load into this little flyover, we rent the car and we were like the, um, clowns in the car show because our suitcases <laughs> are falling out the, the windows. And I had my kids take, uh, um, Oh goodness, um, skateboards because who doesn't take a skateboard to France on a <laughs> one month vacation? So they had their skateboards and they had their um, their rollerblades and they had their, you know, every other like, you know, like probably hockey sticks because, oh yeah, of course you need a hockey stick when you're going <laughs> to France. So, you know, there we are in the clown car with the hockey sticks and the, and the rollerblades, you know, banging out the, the back like wedding bells or, you know, yep. newly married couple. <laughs> We pull up to this cottage that's more gorgeous than, you know, I, I realized, but we walk inside, and, you know, there's candles and there's, there's a generator that is only going to run for like a certain amount of time before it's dark. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Was there running yeah, water? Right. Yeah. Was it a well? Yeah. Okay. No, no, it was running water and, um, it, it just, it, I don't know. I wasn't mature enough to, to handle the mindset of it at that point. And um, on top of that, the call we rented was a stick shift. And did, did I know how to drive a stick shift? No. Oh, and no. so what the hell was I going to do when Steve left with this stick shift? And I'm picturing myself in this stick shift. My three kids are back in the house. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm just going to go run out for croissants and, and milk. And I'll be right back. And there I go off the side of the mountains. And I leave three kids. And in Provence, France. And I had these visions of this just not going well. So we stayed in the house for two nights and uh, off we went to a beautiful hotel on the coast somewhere. <laughs> and I said goodbye to this, you know, charming little cottage that was not everything I thought it was gonna be. And we had a wonderful time on vacation um, in Provence somewhere. I don't know where yeah. we were in a seaside town in France. But you were and, in a hotel with like electricity and, and civilization. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And 
and that was the best part of our trip. And we we have terrific memories of this cottage. I remember Ashley one night she was trying to find the bathroom and she's in a closet and she's like, "Mommy, help! Help! Where's the bathroom?" <laughs> so yeah, that's my Provence trip. Oh my god! I, find I that have friends that actually want that story. So there you go. I know that's the thing. That's like you've you've had good experiences, and you know you've had funny stories, and you always take something from them. So it's always fun. I'm laughing <sighs> over here, crying thanks, my eyes. Thanks for that reminder. That was a that good was one. fun. That was fun, yeah. but you know, listen. In a different life, in a different time, maybe you go back and you live in that you know very picturesque uh, Provence town and. In the seaside, and you have your little candles and generators. If I could do that, who needs electricity? Who Just needs you know, yeah. If I could do that now with you and Ash, I mean. I, it, it would that would be just you know there, there couldn't there wouldn't be anything better than that to do that as adults now. Yes, um, but with children, I can imagine that they yeah, especially if you were by yourself, like without him being there, without Steve being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I have gra- I, mean, I have grandiose plans. My plans are grandioser than I think I can than I think I should undertake as as evidenced by a lot of things I've done in my life. Well, that's just it. You have, you know, we call them big eyes, you know, maybe big eyes. It's a good thing. You just keep dreaming and keep. Yeah. So Steve and um, our newest thing, we were watching a food truck show recently and Steve looked at me and he said, you know, when we retire, we should sell the house, rent an RV and travel the United States for a year. So that's the next thing craziness that I think we just might attempt before we right? decide where we're going to settle down. That's I'll let you know. Thing. That's yeah. exciting though. Yeah. And just eat all over the United States, you know, just well, like that's it. travel and, and just go to good restaurants and eat. But actually what I'd like to do is I'd like to do it in, in Europe. So yeah. Yeah. You know, normal would be to do it in the United States. That would be like, you know, the easy normal thing to do, but to take it I to think, the next level. yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know, go for the next craziness and say, let's rent an RV and travel through Europe. We'll say, but I, I would, we'd love to do that. Cause you know, like, like it's always, food has always been a really, really important part of our lives. And why not? I mean, if you can manage it, why not do some craziness like that? So we'll say. And you know what? But that's not crazy. It would give you such pleasure and joy. Like yeah. that's not crazy at yeah. all. Um, you should talk to Danny, his friend, when he was on the show, he was telling me that um, his friend has a company, I think it's called Motera. And I think they're only based like on the West coast of this country. So if you were to look and do like maybe like wine country or something like that, as like a small step to getting to France, he was telling me that Motera does these like really luxury style RV trips where you basically like it's decked out. They have like retractable roofs um they're all decked out so you can have like a really beautiful like extravagant experience and be traveling in an rv very you know elegantly i would love i would absolutely love to do something like that rent an rv travel through the yeah. united states go south go north go out west go to seattle go, go wherever you want you know napa yes. go to montana and just you know eat from food trucks and eat in good restaurants and eat in you know just eat good good food have you always been i mean we 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 touched on the fact that you went to culinary school but like have you always been so interested in food and cooking weren't you like yeah like yeah even when i was yeah even when i was younger i remember bubby used to make um 
she she took a cooking class with um, a neighbor and started making all of these nice things. And um, so I, I we were exposed to good food from an early age, and she was she was cooking nice things. And so um, when she was working, because she we she did work, so often I would make dinner and. Um, so I did. I always had a love of food. Mm-hmm. It's, I guess it was just kind of ingrained in, in us and um, always love food. And you kind of just expand upon that. Well, and like, I mean, our obviously big family tradition is Passover. And it's just so poignant that this episode should be coming out like the week of Passover. And it's like our big family holiday last year had to be canceled, obviously, because of COVID. This year as well. This year as well. And so it's like, but we have been doing this. When did Passover start? Was that like something that like was always a big holiday for? It was always a big holiday. And we used to go to, uh, when we were young and I was, you know, a young kid, we used to go to my mother's sister Faggy's house for Passover. And at some point when Bubby had her, you know, her grandchildren and she started making the Seder. So we always did it with um, Bubby. And then at some point she got, you know, a little bit older and it was hard to do. So I took over and it's, it's, it's very special. It's just, you know, one of those family traditions where it's um, required attendance. And for the most part, we really do get people to come in from all over the country and um you know we make this terrific seder and we um say the prayers first and we read around the table and um we have lots of fun with that and it's a it's a wonderful family tradition and i miss that a lot i I miss seeing everybody and i miss Mm -hmm. the fact that we couldn't do it last year and i'm really incredibly sad that we can't do it again this year but you had said something about maybe getting together for thanksgiving so, um, I don't know, something in the fall when maybe like, you know, I think that's a great idea. I'd just, love to do that. It, like, it, you know, like we can do it halfway through the year. We never used to see you guys in the fall. It was like this one. That's like the, the trip that we used to take was to come up for Passover. Every, every spring we'd come up, we'd have like spring break or whatever. And that's what we would do. And we'd always come and stay either with you guys at your house or you had the beach house out in, um, like the Long Beach Island. Yeah, it's not the Jersey Shore. That's not Jersey. Yeah, is it Jersey? Shore? I mean, I guess it's, it's it's along the Jersey Shore. It's just more south. But it's not where of, the like, short, it's not where the Jersey Shore was. No, the Jersey Shore is kind of seaside and uh, Point Pleasant. Yeah. And, down there so this is just about an hour south of here but it's a beautiful little town and mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. wonderful but the 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 wonderfulness of it is cooking with you that's the pleasure of it it's it's everybody being together which you know can get a bit you know um it's not difficult overwhelming. yeah it's like what's the right and word it, <laughs> it's, it i'm trying to come up with a great word for it it is overwhelming and it's you know, like feeding a lot of people and it's um, housing all those people, but you know, it's your family and they make you crazy and you know, but it's it's just, it's wonderful. And the best part of it is cooking with you. Yeah, yeah. Even better is sitting at the island and having a glass of wine and watching you cook. I was gonna say that's, at this point, yeah, we've kind of, I mean, over the last the few wonderfulness years. wonderfulness of it. Yeah, I mean, you'll still be sitting there and like supervising, right? But like, you know, me and Ashley and Mark and I mean, Kim helps and I mean, everybody puts pitches in, everybody kind of gets like, you know, involved and 
whether it be making sangria. I mean, we go through a lot of wine when we're together. <laughs> we do, and we play May I? And like, what was does is, is May I a real game? Like, do other people? Yeah, May I is a great card game. Okay, yeah, other, it's, it's, it's not a game, card we, game. game we made up. I for some reason. No, I don't think so. I, I think it's it. a real honest. <laughs> I think so. I've never heard anybody talk about it or or say they play it. So it's become our thing. It has been. Um, and like my favorite memory, well not favorite, I and mean, we have a lot of favorite memories, I guess, but this is funny, it's like we would be sitting around the table, like all of us going, you know, and we just have a bag of chips spread out like on the table and everyone just- But that's like the community plate. Exactly. It's exactly. the same thing. It's the community plate. And you just kind of like, you spread it out and you just enjoy well, it. But that's what family is, Alyssa. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's being with, people you love and eating and drinking and playing that may I and cooking and it's just living it's I know I it's wish wonderful I wish that we were closer we say this all the time but you know it's nice with zoom with phone calls I mean we talk and FaceTime often so it's like we've seen each other even though we haven't physically been together and with the whole group of everybody, I mean, we'll, we'll do the Zoom call. We'll see how it goes. I think hopefully we'll be able to finagle that and get on a Zoom call with everyone for a Seder, but. Um, yeah, I that's that's absolutely something we'll do once um, this weekend. But, you know, COVID is just like right now and, and we are on the way out of it. And so we will do, whether it's this Thanksgiving meal or whether it's just something to do in the summer, we will work on getting together so that everybody can be together. And next year we will do Passover all together. There's, you know, there's no doubt about it. It'll, it'll cut back to normal. But, I, you know, cooking with everybody and sharing food. And yes, I forgot about the wine for a second. What was I thinking? Um, <laughs> it's it's all such deliciousness. It's wonderful. It's, just, it's wonderful. No, it is. It's like it, it does bring life back to you. You know what I mean? Like when you're- with... And it makes great memories. Yes. Well, listen to us. We're just sitting here talking and it's like, you know, we just keep reminiscing. Like it's a lovely thing. And I'm so thankful that, you know, we're in each other's lives, like, you know, uh -huh. I, I, you know, I think it's funny when we were you know, scheduling this that, you know, you were, I think you get a kick out of it and maybe I'm just like reading into it, but like, you probably still think of me as like, you know, a 12 year old, like, you know, little girl. And, you know, that's also really hard for, you know, like you said, you're raising, or you're not raising, you're parenting an adult daughter who has her own family now. And like, you know, with each phase of life, you know, it's just getting more and more wonderful for you. Truly. So. Truly. Oh, I don't know how to wrap it up, but we went full circle. We went from the community towel to the community chips at May I. So I feel like we <laughs> well, covered a broad. Did well as host. You really brought it back around. So prop, prop to you. Good well, job, Melissa. I really steered that conversation. We hit everything. We we talked about babies, babkas, and boobies. So we hit all three points. It's brilliant. And your food businesses, which is exactly what I wanted to talk about. This is wonderful. I love you and That's I appreciate awesome. you for being on the show. Thank you for asking me. Thank you. It, Alyssa, it was, it was terrific. It was really, really fun. And um, you're adorable. You're just, <laughs> you're just adorable. I can't stand it. Aye, aye, aye. Well, I... Uh... I, I wish I say I get it from my mama. You get it? Well, and that's and that's family. That's just, you know, yeah. where is that crazy girl? How is she not like popping her head and getting involved in this? Oh, I have a sign on the door that's flashing me on like recording. <laughs> <laughs> I said, keep it down out there. We're recording in here. It's a recording session. <laughs> well, good for no, you. You maintained a real 
air of um, authenticity and uh, professionalism. So well done. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We didn't dive into any really embarrassing stories of any Except kind, the family so towel. Really See if you can edit that family, out. I feel like I can't, though. We've already brought it up a few times. It'd be like, you know, really difficult. So <laughs> we're just going to have to leave it in. And people are going to have to deal with the fact that we had a community towel. Okay, deal with it. What do you I guess do? there are worse things you could do in life, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you are a most delicious girl. Thank yeah. you, sweetie. This was really, really fun. I love you. I thank you. I it's, love you uh, too, I think babe. people are going to enjoy this. It's just fun. Thanks. And even if they don't, it's Yeah, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. Have a good day. Mwah. Love, love you. Love you too. I'll talk to you later. Catch Up Time podcast is an original podcast produced and recorded in Orlando, Florida. Remember to subscribe to the Catch Up Time podcast to get notified each week when new episodes are posted. You can also follow us on Instagram at ketchup underscore time. Thanks again for listening to the Catch Up Time podcast. <laughs>